there, everyone. Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom McCarthy. So happy to be with you. Got a fantastic show today, bringing you great interview with Jared Freed. And holy cow, am I a newly minted Jared Freed fan. He is our headliner this weekend. Knew a little bit about Jared before I prepped for the interview, but kind of did a deep dive on his stuff over the weekend. You'll hear me talking about it when I bring you the interview. And just an absolute powerhouse comic. And I think you guys are really going to love him. I know he's got some followers and fans in the area as it is. And we're going to turn on some new ones here this week and this weekend. Before we get into Jared's interview, I'm going to let you know what's going on at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. A busy week as always here the week of September 19th. Tuesday the 20th, it's our Detroit to L.A. Comedy Competition, 7.30 p.m. These are fantastic shows. New and -and up-and-coming comics vying for cash prizes and stage time in L.A. It's one of the big contests that we run on a yearly basis, and these shows are great. Come on out and check it out if you haven't already. On Wednesday, the 21st, it is Comedy Class 101 Showcase. This is our comedy class, our beginners, run by my good friend and powerhouse comic himself, Bill Bouchard. Many of these students will be making their first appearance in front of a big crowd in a live showroom and with the lights on, and it's always a good time. And as you've heard me mention before on this show, you'd be surprised how many of these people deliver the goods uh, on their first time in front of a, in, in front of a big crowd. Uh, sometimes there's some crash and burns. They're few and far between, thank goodness. <laughs> Those can be entertaining as well. So, and then we get into the weekend. Five great shows with Jared Freed, Thursday the 22nd through Saturday the 24th, Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Friday the 23rd at 7.15 and 9.45, and then wrapping it up on Saturday the 24th, early show is at 7 p.m. on Saturday, and the late show is at 9.30. Call the castle at 248-542-9900 if you have any ticketing questions. It is easier to go directly to the website, ComedyCastle.com. You can purchase your tickets right there. It is very simple. And our shows have been full. We've had a lot of great acts in here um, in in our post-Labor Day time frame, as I I told you we would. This is really the sweet spot of comedy all over the country and here at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in particular. We've got a lot of heavy hitters coming in week in and week out. Of course, after Jared Freed's weekend, we've got the great Joe List coming in town next week. we got Mike Brody coming up. Uh, we've just got so many, so many cool things coming up. And we're doing our very best to line up interviews with each and every performer we've got coming in. So, all right. Set up a little conversation with Jared Freed. So, I really only knew Jared uh, from his Tonight Show appearance, which I think was just last year. Uh, Those of you who've been following the program know that I am an old school comedy geek in the sense that I still love, I record, (laughs) I record the Tonight Show. Now, truth be told, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Fallon fan. Of course, uh, I would, I would pop out a rib. (laughs) Does that make any pop out a rib to be on the Tonight Show? I don't know what saying I was just trying to riff right there, but popping out a rib, I don't think was it. I would give anything to have uh, a performance on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, but I was, you know, I was a Conan guy, Letterman guy, Johnny Carson guy. I still just ha- can't wrap my head around all the game showy type stuff, but, uh, I will give Jimmy Fallon credit here. He still is one of the biggest national showcases for, for up and coming comics. 
And for that reason alone, I record each and every episode and parse through them looking for new stand-up. And I saw Jared Freed's set. He was fantastic. So that's really all I knew about him. And then I did a deep dive this past weekend in preparation for a conversation. It included his two most recent records, which are just absolutely fantastic. Always a Mama Bear came out in 2019. And his most recent release, Socially Distanced, of course. I got him on Apple Music. You can get him on all platforms. Just two powerhouse. He For, for my sensibilities and the type of comic... Uh, in comedy, I enjoy. Uh, this guy just hit all the right notes. Uh, he's provocative. He goes at the crowd. Uh, he makes a lot of sense. There's some nuance. There's some subtlety. There's just there's just everything. And he's he's a powerhouse performer and joke writer, above all above all else. Um, he's got a great TED talk uh, that you can find online. And he has two very popular podcasts, and I mentioned this in in the interview. <laughs> I really, I really blew my wad on prepping on his other stuff. I'd, I'd listened to the album so much in the TED Talk that I just scratched the surface of his podcast. Uh, but he's got a podcast called You Up, and also the J Train podcast. And uh, he talks. There's a lot of dating advice, just talking about dating in the world we're in now, and it is fantastically entertaining, eye opening delightful stuff. He's got family connections here to the Detroit area, but he has never performed here in Detroit. So obviously we'll be making his Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle premiere. You're really going to enjoy this guy. I enjoyed speaking to him. Check it out right now. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line is our headliner this weekend, Jared Freed. Thanks for doing this, Jared. Uh, thank you for having me. What's happening? Well, I, I find it hard to believe that this is your first time doing stand-up in Detroit. Somebody as accomplished as you, everything you've achieved in every place you've played, you haven't made it to our lovely crime-free paradise. I, I, I'm as surprised as you are. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've been sitting here waiting by the phone for Mr. Ridley to call me to come to his castle. <laughs> it will be worth Just the wait. Waiting. It will be worth the wait. I'm sure. I'm sure you've okay, good. spoken to colleagues and contemporaries who've played the castle. It's uh yeah. I just talked to Joe Mackey, who said he loves the room, and he said it's a blast. So I'm excited. Now, where you? No, I know you're New York based. Are you? Are you originally a Northeast guy? Where Where are you from? I'm from outside of Boston, a, a town called Needham. My mom is from Southfield, Michigan. Yay! Shout out to Southfield. I've been, I've been coming to the Detroit area my whole life. My grandparents, uh, most a lot of my family, is still in the area. Oh, I know. So there's going to be a lot of people who look a little bit like me amongst the crowds this weekend. <laughs> well, I know, I know from your act. I know uh, I did such a deep dive on your stuff. I first off want to say that I mean I, I love your stuff, and up until I started prepping for this interview over the weekend i only knew you from your tonight show appearance i'm 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 an old school comedy geek i love watching the the, the comedy clips on on the on the tonight show and yours was fantastic um but i have done such a deep dive on your material and it's all fresh in uh, in in my mind right now um the first thing i wanted to ask you about is the so socially distanced of course was that uh -huh. recorded on new year's eve New Year's Eve 2020, New Year's Eve 2020 going into 2021. 
Oh, it's just it was after kind of the craziness of the year. Um, it was kind of a year in review, and like I never really put anything out on YouTube stand up wise. And I was like, what better than a whole? I had all this material about the pandemic, and I was I was doing I was touring during it. Like I when <laughs> I I'm you know I I kind of had that. I was in a rare space where um, I have, a, you know, an audience. So there was a lot of clubs like looking to reopen, and I'm not Mark. Someone's yelling out of their car, Mark. <laughs> I I'm love not Mark. I love the street ambiance in, in a good podcast interview. Right, this guy's yelling at. Maybe he knows I'm coming to Mark Ridley's comedy castle. Maybe that's why he's yelling. <laughs> There you go. Um, so I, I, so I put, so I had all this like pandemic material that I knew was going to, you know, I was hoping it was going to go away and become old very quickly. So I was in this rare position where I have an audience, clubs were looking to open up at like quarter capacity, half capacity. Um, I'm a person who was like, listen, everyone can make their own decisions and you know the audience that follows me is young and looking to go out and do something in, in the safest way possible. So I had felt this material about the pandemic and I was getting this weird kind of view of it because my parents lived in Florida and they were all just licking each other. <laughs> and I live in New York and they were all trembling around one another. And I'm very much on everything somewhere in the middle. Um, I believe in context. I believe in nuance. That is something that doesn't get a lot of play in um, on the internet these days. But I thought that was kind of uh, a kind of a rare position to be in. So I put together kind of like a little short special for it. Oh, and, and your material reflects that perfectly because I mean you don't. I, I hate to say it, it's, it's so sad in, in 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 the times we're living in right now that. Uh, I've got to use the word brave for any comic who just speaks the truth. And but but in in 2022, you're, you 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 go after the political stuff. You go after the the absurdity of the extreme views of the pandemic. But it's 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 accurate. It's when you when you accurate. strip the funny away, it's it's accurate. And and the fact that it's called brave now, I guess, speaks a lot to the culture we're living in for comics because you are, and I wouldn't have known this from your Tonight Show appearance because, of course, it's a Tonight Show and it's PG thirteen, but man, you are guns a blazing, and I just love it. You know, I'm a comic as well. I've been doing it a long time, and it's just a style that I used to see all the time. Uh, I first started doing comedy in the early '90s, and you just don't see it enough anymore and kudos to you because it is guns a blazing and it is spot on well i appreciate that thank you i you know i'm not in the i don't like anyone leaving the place feeling hurt or you know gotten like i right. i really and you know i think that's kind of the person that gets attention these days because i think you can have an opinion and you can also realize that like and say it in a way that is reasonable to and funny to you know to everyone sitting there if you're smart and you think it through a little bit you know there's a lot of people nowadays even you know to speak to the other the other side of things people say oh you know you get those people that try to do a joke and it doesn't work and they go oh people get offended but that's usually someone who didn't work on the joke very hard oh, or really bingo. didn't think the whole thing through absolutely <laughs> you know so, 
So I like to think that I'm thinking through these things enough to be able to do it in a fun way where everyone can have fun with it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I feel, too, the, the the juxtaposition of New York City and and Florida uh, that you talk about on socially, socially distance, of course, is... It's, it's so funny because those really are the two extreme views of how this pandemic should be handled. My wife and I were down in Naples uh, in the middle yeah. of the pandemic and almost exactly like what your mom said on uh, on, on, on the album is people were telling us at, at the place we're saying there's no pandemic down here. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's it, you know, in, especially because I was touring, you know, every city you'd show up to was one or the other. And then they assumed that the other was 7,000 times worse than it actually was. Right. So the people in Florida assumed everyone in New York was shivering and, and crying every day. The people in New York assumed the people in Florida were riding alligators while giving a middle finger to, <laughs> you know, to the world. And, the truth was really somewhere m- more respectable, but you go to like, like I remember going to Des Moines, Iowa during the pandemic. And I just remember someone approached me as if I had just shown up to a town in the wild west. <laughs> it felt like I was in a one, you know, one, one, one courthouse town. Like they came up to me. I remember, I'll never forget. They're like, okay, I got to warn you about the mayor. And I'm like, the mayor, they're like, the mayor don't believe in science here. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> speech you're giving me like just i'll i'll figure it out i'm gonna be respect you know i'm gonna i'm gonna follow along i'm a i'm a big wuss i'm gonna follow along and i'm not gonna create conflict i'm gonna do what you guys are doing and do it in a way you know that i'm gonna be safe i know that's it, it, it when it comes down to it is is it that hard to fall in line and follow the rules you know i wasn't thrilled about Apparently wearing a mask you know, I wasn't thrilled about some of the things we had to abide by, but it made sense. And hey, let's pull together. Let's let's get through this thing. But yeah, of course, it it, it unfortunately wasn't that easy. Uh, you know yeah. what occurred to me too, listening to your material this weekend and and how you approach the, the times that we're living in, especially the 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 political divide in this country is. If I were to take my five best friends or my five most interesting relatives. And and list their five most interesting attributes. I don't think their political beliefs would make the top five. Like I think of myself. Yeah. Like my political beliefs are maybe the tenth or eleventh most interesting thing about me. And I feel it's that way for most people. Doesn't it surprise you how it's just so front and center now? Well, it's become a team. It's become cheering for a team. It's easy. It's tribalism because you know I was just in Buffalo. I was in Buffalo and. Um, I have no opinion on Buffalo. Uh, honestly, if someone said, what do you think of Buffalo? I'd be like, I don't, <laughs> you know, like, but I, and, and I get there and the people of Buffalo were so interested in making sure I knew how great Buffalo was that they became annoying. <laughs> it was blind fandom. You know, there was a woman, she came to me after one of the shows. She goes, so are you a Buffalo Bills? fan and i said well no i'm from outside of boston i'm more of a page i'm a patriots fan and she goes well why aren't you she was like disappointed and i go I, and she goes why aren't you a buffalo fan? what and i said 
you do realize there's stadiums full of other people with other in other towns every week that cheer for other teams but yours, don't you? And I said to her, I go, you realize how stupid you sound, don't you? Like, you know, and I think when you go into blind fandom, that creates stupidity. So it's the same with politics. Like, uh, none of us know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what I'm, you know, what do we, what do I know? I have no, I know my job and I know uh, like half a tweet I read, you know, <laughs> and we're all going based off of emotion and it's more that we hate our neighbor who represents something else. You know, it's all straw men too. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for people to go, oh, look at that guy, that hipster vegan guy, you know, and then you go, oh, I hate him too. Yeah. You're not going to see me. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's just, it, it's really just easy. And the, and the other thing is, People want it, it's it's really exhausting to disagree. <laughs> like if someone comes up to you and says, "Ah, oh, can you believe what's going on with this?" and you go to them, "Well, actually, it's more like this." They go, "Ugh, you've ruined my fun. Get away from me." Exactly. It's it's uncanny. You you may you, you, you like there was a light bulb bulb moment when I was listening to your stuff over the weekend too, because you make a comment that is so spot on about really what we need in a politician or a leader. We need the kid from high school who took all the AP classes, but also partied a little bit. If that doesn't, both parties should be looking for that person instead of what they've been running out. And and does that person even want to get into politics? That might be the problem right now. (laughs) Right. That person's, uh, uh, you know, probably making millions of dollars, you know, like that, you know, they don't want to, go into politics but yeah i yeah it's it's that's really and and honestly like when i even get into this you know the conversation about this type of stuff i go i don't know i throw my hands up like i'm like i don't even have the energy for it like i'd rather you know I, you know I'd, ra- I'd rather talk to someone about a girl that i met you know like I, i'm I, I don't know you know <laughs> well it, uh, another thing that jumped out when um when I was listening to your stuff uh, over the weekend too, was even though I'm not a uh, third generation Jew or uh, uh, come from the exact same background, I feel like I know you because first of all, your family from Southfield, I grew up one town over. I grew up, uh, my high school was about as diverse as a suburb of Detroit can be. We were uh, a third WASPy, a third Jew and a third Chaldean, which are Catholic Uh Arabs. And yep. um, as you know, that area, there's a lot of them. So Southfield, Oak Park, West Bloomfield, Farmington Hills. I know I they were my friends. I grew up with them. I I, I grew up in neurotic Jewish households, and I learned that it was kind of a lot like a neurotic Irish Catholic household, too, with a lot of the same dysfunction. And we also have the similar trait that we grew up chubby kids and are both sure. adults who are not chubby enough to elicit sympathy and realize that sure. our neurosis is real from being a fat kid. I I wish yeah, I could give that's... you a big chubby brother hug when you're in town. <laughs> you can. I'll, I'll take a hug. <laughs> um, I you know, you know, um, what I've realized is that everyone has body issues, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I try to, I talk about it on stage a lot. And, you know, I always have to make kind of a joke to admit to that, some people see me as their body goals and some people <laughs> see me as uh, a fat guy. You know, everyone, it's all through the, you know, the lens with which we look and see, you know, I have jokes that kind of like 
fit in for that. But, you know, it is, it is the thing that I think about every day. So it'd be weird not to talk about it. So, um, and, and it's funny to watch people, especially like, you know, as a straight guy, there's not a lot of conversations about that. There's not a lot of people that speak up about it. Like, and, and so I, I enjoy when I get another guy that comes up to me going, dude, cause I, you know, I talk a lot about, especially in the act that I'm coming to Detroit with about nighttime eating. Mm. And it's really my greatest pleasure when I see people connect with it. Cause it's like, I've been sneaking around my parents' house my whole life, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's so cool when I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes you realize, sometimes it's depressing to find out that we're all alike, and sometimes it feels really good. And that's one when it really, really feels good. Well, I, I, I connected with, so I, and, and I, regardless if you, you, where you grew up or what your background is, you've, you, you've got topical material that people, uh, that people are going to connect with. And one of the biggest things about your act uh, is the, the dating you give solid, first of all, it's hilarious, but you give solid dating advice, obviously from a straight male, straight white male perspective that there, (laughs) there's not a lot of uh, competition for you right now, but it is so spot on. And I think regardless of what your sexual orientation or proclivities are, you can learn a lot f- from your act. So I guess the first question after that compliment is, have you been doing that since you, were you the guy in your group of friends that you gave good advice and it just kind of snowballed from there? Well, I appreciate the compliment. Um, I, you know, I guess it all, I, a lot of my female friends used to come to me for like, what is this guy thinking? Kind of the guy perspective. And, I, you know, I started my podcast a long time ago and people were writing in with what's going on in their life. I said, if you want to write in, write in, here's the email. And then people just kept like writing in, asking about dating because they knew that I was going through that too. And I, I, you know, I think I'm a, a product of timing too. Um, you know, when I was in college, Facebook came out. When I came out of college, uh, dating it, Dating websites became less like, you know, loser in his mom's basement. Um, then the swiping apps came out about a decade ago. And so I've been going through this with the audience. And the thing about dating is, it's a, there's a, is that it's very lonely, even though it's a social thing. We're all just kind of going based off of feel and what we, and, and our parents never had these tools at their disposal. So. Right. There's kind of, there was room for me to say, to be open and honest about like, here's how I'm using these things, which again, as a straight male, isn't uh, very complimentary to myself. You know, a lot of that is, you know, uh, you, you know, and I, I think the strength of the advice I give is, is that it's empathetic and edible, you know, because dating topics can get gross, can get icky. They deal in sex and, and lust and love and, and especially for the women that write in this, you know, what I've learned is that these, uh, you know, love can be the hardest part of some people's lives. Oh, absolutely. And well, and, and my, to me, this was always fun and games. So that's why like my goal is always to like answer, answer someone's question, truly answer what I would do in that scenario, whether they believe it 
right or wrong. I am truly answering how I would do it if I didn't have to deal with my own neuroses and struggle. You know, easy advice is easy to give, hard to take, and I understand that. So it, um, I always give what I would do in a perfect scenario where I was a perfect human being, but also trying to like talk about my insecurities with even going through such a, you know, uh, advice given. So it all, and, and, and then I just hope it's funny along the way. So, well, um, it's, it's, it's funny it's, and you, you do, you do a great service for, <laughs> for men too, because you, there's vulnerability and masculinity in the advice you give, which I think is important yeah. because that most guys I know that's sure we're driven by nature a lot. Of course we're horny and we would love to hook up if it goes in that direction, but we get scared yeah. too. We get apprehensive. We, we wonder if the feelings we're putting out are going to be reciprocated and for you to do it in such a funny way too. Uh, it, it, it first of all, it broadens your audience, but it gets people's ears perked up. Um, well, you know, you know what's so funny is like I'll get women because my my listenership and the and the audience that I have is mostly women, mm-hmm. so they bring their boyfriends, and you know the boyfriends that hear about me don't trust me. They think I'm trying to kind of pull a fast one, I think, or they think that I'm trying to like that I'm somehow snake oil salesman my way into their girlfriend's you know entertainment sphere. And then they see the act and they're like, and they're, you can see them kind of, their, their gaze change before your, my eyes. Like I can see how they see me totally change Uh because they're like, because, you know, none of this is to make me look like some sort of hero. I talk about breaking up and how, you know, the things I'm thinking about during a breakup and and it mirrors exactly what they've thought. And so they, I think, I think I, it's it's funny to see them kind of change their whole view of what I do. You uh, you have a bit. Uh, it's it's actually it's the final bit in the title of your your record from 2019 called "Always a Mama Bear." And I was rolling because I am the <laughs> average. I am a guy mama bear. I, oh, really? You say that typically groups of guys don't have a mama bear, but I have been the buzzkill so many times with my group of friends trying to prevent them from doing something. Sure, I've egged them on at times, but I've got a couple of friends who, who if they were to, if they continued in the direction they were going, where they were going to cheat on a girlfriend, cheat on a cheat on a wife, they would have been miserable. It would have, and I. I said, "Hey, well, uh-uh, we're not going to do this. Let's get the hell out of here." And I know, <laughs> I, I know, I've killed a lot of buzzes, but I, I hate the. I know, you know what? I'm going to rephrase. I'm proud that I'm a male mama bear. <laughs> I guess that makes I me a papa bear. You, man. I could have used you, man. I could have used you in a lot of scenarios. Now I'm curious. Now, of course, this is uh, this is a personal uh, question, but your act is an open book. As a stand-up uh, who, who's achieved a lot, and when you're on stage. You know, you're in a room of 500 people holding their attention for an hour. You're you're the epitome of strength and confidence. When in your dating life, are 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 your partners surprised that you're vulnerable and scared and and and, and neurotic? Wait, uh, what happened to the guy that I saw on stage? <laughs> well, I I think they're more surprised that I'm not as loud as I am. <laughs> um, I, I think that's the thing that surprised the most. I'm more of a listener, and then the stage is kind of my place to to shout my stupidity. But um, yeah, I, I 
I don't think they're surprised just because um, I like to think, you know, there's, and especially as I've gotten better at comedy, like I think a lot of the stuff I'm talking about now with dating is a lot of like reflection and like, especially I'm talking about a breakup. I was going, you know, I was in a long-term relationship and that ended and kind of the reviewing how I went through that is, is, is a way of kind of showing like what I'm bad at and what I wish I had done differently and all that stuff. So I, I don't think they're too surprised, but I, 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 and I think like to be able to joke about something when you get it, you go, Oh, that person's reflecting on it. You know? Well, the, uh, there's so much, I know we've got to wrap in a couple minutes. I've got still have to touch on. I want to, your, your Ted talk Please. is fantastic. Um, Thank you. Uh, listeners make sure if you're interested in coming out and seeing Jared to check, it is not always easy. I've, I've interviewed, I've had a few comics on the show, uh, who've done Ted talks. Uh, I had Dusty Slay on a couple months ago. He did a, did a Ted talk in Nashville and it, it, it wasn't easy for even a guy that accomplished. So you, you really pulled it off. You hit your marks. There was humor in there, but you read a response from, to sum it up, and I don't want to step on your bit, especially if you're going to do it yeah. this weekend, but there's a conversation about who should pay, who should pick up the bill. You're on a date. Who picks up the bill, the guy or the girl? Yeah. You read a response from one of your, I don't know if it was a listener from the podcast, one of your fans, but it's, um, it's a woman who writes in why the man should, and every man and woman in the dating world needs to hear it. What, what this girl wrote was amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, I love doing the TED talk. It was stressful because it's like, you know, you're used to don't, you know, I don't know. It just, you, you feel like kind of a fraud. You're like, I just want to go make some fun. And then, mm-hmm. you're, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not high. I just have a graduate degree and from Penn State. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so it, it's, um, it, it, it was daunting, but it's, uh, I think a lot of people got, you know, I, I hope the message is clear because the whole conversation on who should pay for the first date is always taken over by the extremes, by the men that are angry at women, by the women that are angry at men, by the, you know, the people that have had a hard time in dating when the message is meant to help those people the most. Mm -hmm. And, and really to let people know, like, and, and it's an overall message for dating where it's like, it's okay to have taste. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to be turned off and it's okay to move on to the next. Uh, if you didn't like something and it's okay to find something so attractive, like someone saying, I got the tab. I think that's, and it gets messed up with this gold digger. I'm not going to be taken advantage of. And those people that take over that conversation are really the problem in everything. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you enjoyed it. And yeah, the answers to it are so interesting because I put it, the way it started was I was, I put on my Instagram, who should pay for the first date? And the diff, and then I asked them to identify their gender. And the people that identified as female, the people that identified as male, the answers were so different. And it just showed a lot. Well, I hope, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a few years older than you, but I still, even, even before your TED talk, I still believe in some type of chivalry. And I just think it's a class. I don't, I don't care if you're on a date or out with your buddies. It's a classy thing to pick up the tab. I can't, I can't believe right. it's something that we argue over. It, it, well, it makes you feel good. That's, <laughs> that's all that matters. Now, 
and I and I apologize because I know both podcasts are huge, but I spent so much time on the albums and the TED Talk that I just I barely stuck the tip in on the J Train podcast. So you've got the You Up podcast uh, and the J Train podcast for our listeners uh, who are interested in checking out either or both. What's the difference between the two? Is one more dating oriented yeah. and one is more about your life and stand up? What what? Well, it's um it's hard to say. I just never shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> I J Train is um is lifestyle advice on Mondays, and then we do a thing called Luxury Lounge on Thursdays. I noticed during the pandemic there was a, a, a the great plight of the pandemic was that you couldn't complain about anything else that wasn't the pandemic. People would say your problems weren't important, so I created the Luxury Lounge as a place where you can complain about anything. It doesn't have to be a rich person problem. It could be any problem. And people write in with their complaints, and we complain with them. And then the You Up is a modern dating podcast. The you Up podcast is about, and I co-host it with Jordan Abraham, who started Betches, uh, which mm-hmm. is a huge media company. And we basically have the male-female, you know, um, back and forth on dating and technology and everything that takes Everything that dating is in 2022, we go over it. So the UF podcast is dating. Well, it makes me excited because I've got some more Jared Freed content to to dive into. You got, you got years to dive into. Oh, I wish, you know, it's a bummer too. I've, I've, I've got shows up in northern Michigan this weekend. And otherwise, I'd be at the castle. I'd be bothering Mark for a spot and saying hi to you and giving you a chubby guy hug because I'm telling you, oh, I'm not blowing sunshine up your ass. I loved your stuff. It came into my head at the very time i needed some diversions this weekend and to laugh my ass off was fantastic that means a lot to hear man thank you so much i really appreciate it hey before we wrap i've got to ask the obligatory i've, I've got to throw in a couple sports oriented things because i've noticed on some of your clips yeah. the regalia i should have known you're a, a a boston guy you had your red Sox stuff and because we no longer have a major league baseball team in detroit i can't ask you any baseball stuff <laughs> but penn state i'm a huge wolverines fan penn state was impressive on saturday are they for real um, no, they, 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 they're they not for real. They're going to be in the Citrus Bowl or some lower bowl, and they're going to screw up. They they can't uh, – James Franklin is a great cheerleader, not a great play caller. So that will come back to get them. I think Auburn's probably not a great team this season. It was a big win. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm such a – I'm, I'm you know, I tend to say people get mad at me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist. I just don't. You know, they get all, they get such good talent and they, they seem to coach them down, not up. And it's like, you know, they got this two freshmen running back, which would look great, but I don't know. I'm not, I, I obviously I'm not optimistic. I mean, I, you know, I've been going to Wolverine games my whole life. My brother went to Michigan. So I've been, awesome. you know, the, the big house is a part. My grandfather played, uh, I think on the practice squad at Michigan or something like that. Awesome. Or JV. Go blue. Um, go blue. Yeah. So I, you know, but I ended up at Penn state and, you know, I love Penn state football because I love what comes with it. You know, as you know, every week that the Wolverines or Penn state win is another week that people kind of come together, Oh yeah. you know, and the minute, you know, Penn state loses, you know, you kind of lose touch with all your old friends again. You know, you wait till next year. And then you kind of get to, you know, get back together for the ball game. So like, I just love the conversation, the group chats that I'm on with my friends and kind of getting to reconnect with them every year because when Penn State's good, we're all talking. 
Well, I've always respected the program. They're good for the Big Ten. The unit, the classic uniforms. My God, do I love those uniforms! And uh, I just so wish cool. they look they look so good in Auburn. That all oh white. gosh, the all white and the black cleats. It just doesn't get any better. Mm-hmm. The only problem is though, they gotta. The only time Michigan fears Penn State is when they've got to play them at Happy Valley at night. Other than that, they've kind of had their number since they've been in the Big Ten. So I don't know. Hopefully the next uh, time we visit there, it's not a, not a night game. But uh, I think I was there. I went to Michigan in 2006, I think, or 2000. I think it was 2006 when Michigan won at like the last second. And we went. And uh, we were so heartbroken. We thought we were walking out yeah, of there. That was a great huge one. win. Yeah. It was like a last second, and I was so. And then we like, uh we wanted to go out that night, and it just, it, there's nothing worse than traveling to a game and having your team lose. You're just like, oh, what do we even do tonight? Well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to field some angry emails and respond to some comments about <laughs> why do you always have to talk sports when you've got a great comic on? Well, it's right. we, we I, like I, to be well rounded. We like to be well-rounded. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time, your punctuality, this great material. I got two new podcasts to check out. And uh, sorry I won't catch you this time, but I I will make a point of it uh, the next time you come to town, which I have a feeling you're going to enjoy it. You're going to do so well that you're going to be back soon. Uh, I'll make sure to come out and say hello. thank you so much. I hope you do, and I hope that we meet soon. And this was great. Thank you. Thanks, Jared. Have a good one. Bye-bye now. And there you have it. Thank you for indulging us and letting us talk a little bit of football and a little bit of sports ball at the end of our comedy broadcast. Maybe I make too much of it. Maybe I'm too self-conscious. I don't think people care if we have a well-rounded conversation, but I do do like throwing a little sports in every now and again. I hope you liked it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is another another great episode of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the club and the show. Please subscribe. Spread the word. Like it, leave a comment. I had a couple of people. Uh, I was on the I was on the show last week at the castle. Had a good time. Met a few listeners. It's always nice to see you people out and about. Make sure you come up and say hello. And uh, and uh, you know I love to talk comedy, and I love to talk the Comedy Castle podcast. So don't be shy. Thank you as always to our great producer Joel Fregamini, who makes this sound so good and so professional. Thanks to all of you. Until next time, this is Tom McCarthy for Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast.